0: G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of the Devil's Cardigan Podcast. In this episode, Peter and I sat down with Justine Barrow, a Victorian cyclist for Team Roxol. Justine was a silver medalist at the 2020 National Road Championships and the 2017 to 2019 Australian National Masters Gold Medalist. She's currently in America racing the gravel scene over there and after unbound in Kansas, she jumped on a plane and flew all the way back to Sunny Derby just in time for our little race here it was a fantastic conversation talking to her about the course itself after a few days of doing some reconnaissance her experiences in unbound gravel racing in general and uh life we had quite fun even though we're a bit tired after a lot of course marking i hope you enjoy the uh, conversation as much as peter and i did too enjoy all right we're on hello justine barrow thank you for joining us on the devil's cardigan podcast Two nights out from the Cycling Gravel National Championship Race of 2023 here in sunny Derby.
1: G'day and thanks for having me. How are you? Good. Uh, It's good to be back in Australia, even if I have just come from 28 degrees and um, 12 hours of sunshine (laughs) to these short days and cold days. It's still good to be back in Australia.
0: Oh, we was so super stoked to have you here when we found out where you were racing and this the gravel series that you're racing a part of in America and that you were taking a big, literally traveling across the world for our little jaunt around the northeast of Tasmania. It was really, really humbling and really exciting. So, so happy to have you here. How are we? we? Yeah, we've been out on course. What do you think?
1: Uh, I think it's, uh, a, it's a stunning area and a stunning course and just the changes in landscape and terrain. You're going from um, riding in beautiful forest to um, riding in undulating farmland. Um, yeah, just stunning. I know that you think the northeast of Tas- Tasmania is the place to be and I agree, but maybe not in June.
0: <laughs> I was waiting what the butt was going to be just then, and that was very, yeah, very brave of you. Mm, I think you just need to spend more time here in June, and uh, you know,
1: <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I, yeah, it might need to harden up.
0: Oh, Pete and I were out course marking today, and if there was a fly in the cab of the Ute, that was like they would have been very concerned with the grins on our faces. We're driving around the back country, and just going, "Oh, look at this road! Oh my gosh, it's so good! Oh, like just we were just absolutely frothing over." the conditions of the roads out there right now, now's the time to be riding bikes, even if it is a little bit wet and cold.
2: Adds atmosphere. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, moody, moody. Yeah. So back in Australia for the most important race of your career in two days. Um, I said that, not you, but uh, you know, it might be what it is. Um, how are you feeling heading towards the cardigan?
1: Uh Uh, mixed (laughs) i'm certainly looking forward to the event um yeah have had some hiccups in the last few weeks in my preparation but uh no one usually comes into uh, an event feeling uh, with an absolute perfect preparation so i hope the legs come for me on race day
0: yeah
2: and uh, we do too. It'd be nice to see a competitive race out there um and great yeah speaking of competitive racing um you we were talking last night and you were talking about how that you're a, a later entrance into the into the world of cycling and I believe it's only been about four years since you've been cycling at a higher level is that is that correct correct
1: yeah um I got into um road cycling in my mid thirties but yeah, taking it that higher level would have been the last three or four years and just into gravel cycling over the last two years.
0: Hmm. Mm.
2: So I I took the liberty of um, googling you um, and finding out a, a little bit about your back catalogue of races and noticed in 2020 you had a, a very good result in the Oz National um, Road Race Champs in, in a second place in 2020 um, and not out of the top ten since every year since in the within the top ten. So that's um quite a like a, a quick rise to the top level of of cycling. I guess is that um would you credit that perhaps to sort of like um, habits or, or your athletic build-up towards cycling? Because I believe you are like a runner before, prior um, and obviously that's built the engine that it's enabled you to transition to cycling.
1: Um, yeah, I was a runner, but I would say I was a plotter. <laughs> but uh, there was no, no talent in um, running. But yeah, I always enjoyed being active um, and uh, sporty, but never... At a high level, yes, if you had told me um, Mm. even in my early 30s that I would get a silver medal at at, uh, an Australian Road National Championships, I would have laughed at you Mm. Um, or um, getting to pull on the green and gold jersey to – represent australia in the esports world championships the last three years again i would have laughed at you um i think it's it just cycling got me in uh, just hook line and sinker I've, I've lived and breathed it since so um dedication motivation um and maybe there's some genetics in there
2: yeah yeah i mean i think probably genetics play a part to a degree in in every elite cyclist but certainly that that passion and dedication is something that drives the 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 genetically gifted to the next level um and without that that um passion and excitement and enjoyment for a sport you're never going to get any further um no that's that's pretty cool and obviously very consistent since um and then transitioning to gravel um what what drove the transition to gravel from road
1: i think again it was uh, swept up in the movement a little bit uh it's something that my husband wanted to do so something that we could do together um he was more keen on going out and exploring which i love too uh and as part of gravel but my racing um mind got in there pretty quickly and wanted to race rather than bike pack around and, yeah, I like the appeal of gravel racing. uh generally, I think it's a little bit more honest than road racing uh you can't most gravel races you can't sit in um, and not do much and pop out for the win at the end. And also, yeah, just probably also favours someone that likes hard racing endurance, um, which I also like.
2: Mm. yeah no for sure and I think um, you'll find the karting course will suit those attributes and like not only the the hard racing and the endurance but that sense of adventure and and exploration um, we can sort of pop around a bit so um The gravel scene in the states is pretty cool. You guys obviously been over there for a a while now. Could you run us through the races that you've enjoyed in the states this season?
1: I've just been there for five weeks um, before popping back to Australia, and I'll go back and be there for another three or four months. Uh, So yeah, the gravel scene is huge. Uh, there, uh, I would say it's the biggest racing scene, um, in the U S, uh, over road or, um, any other, uh, bike disciplines. Uh, so yeah, the number of entrants that you get, uh, for races, is yeah, it can be is in the hundreds to thousands and yeah, the courses, Lengths of uh, races I've done have been between 200 and 330 kilometres. So it's like that's uh, <laughs>
2: considerably longer than pretty much all the offerings in Australia at the moment, isn't it? Like I think majority of the Australian courses are between that, you know, between 100 and 160. Um, I think uh, the the Dirty Warning is about 220, um, so it's pushing it, but still not in those distances as a common thing, is it? Uh, big, co- what do you think that that's because it's just the way the sports evolved in the states with regards to the because it's not really what you see in Europe either. Generally, shorter races in Australia. Why do you think that it's a case in the states? They go for these big long events.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I think yeah, it is. It's just the background that it's. Um, evolved from uh some of the other differences is with those longer duration races they don't have as much elevation so you do cover the distance um in a faster speed uh yeah and there's pros and cons i think it's good to have a few long distance um races in the calendar to uh, suit different types of riders to challenge yourself uh Yeah, 330 kilometres would have been the longest race that I'd ever done and I love that challenge. But I also think that it's good to have some shorter distance uh, races as well to perhaps make the... Uh, racing can be more exciting.
2: Yeah, yeah. I guess it's punchier, um, a bit more intense in many ways on a shorter race. Um, so the races you've done, the states, can you list them for us?
1: Um, I started with Co um, two Utah, so that was on the border of Colorado and um, Utah. Um, I some. Beautiful scenery there and great for both gravel and mountain biking um, area. I came third in that and then uh, went to Gravel Loco's uh, 250-kilometre race in – Pico, Texas, um, pretty flat. Um, the uh, female winner there was Cal- C- Carolyn Schiff, who also won Unbound and uh, ended up after that 250 kilometres being a sprint finish between uh, four women. I came third out of four. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> hey, you
2: beat one
0: of them, didn't
1: you? Yeah, pretty esteemed company to be um, in with Carolyn.
0: On that finish line, I think I saw some footage on Instagram. Was that finish line like a right angle turn into yeah. the finish? What was to go there?
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, look, you know, I'll have my excuses. So there were some men caught up in that and the um, person in front of me didn't take a great line. So I um, had to pull up pretty quickly. Yeah, it was a... You just got to, after 250 kilometres, throw something else (laughs) at us. So, yeah, it was was a tight right-hander with loose gravel on the corner. Yeah, Yeah, I saw the result and had so many questions. (laughs) And then, you know, sort of the big one uh, was Unbound uh, next. Uh, So I think the pinnacle on the gravel calendar in the US and probably in the world. Uh, And... Um, I came into it um, being really uh, quite sick for two weeks beforehand. So, um, but my body um, decided to behave itself and just really did the turnaround um, and could start breathing again on the uh, on race day. Um, but unfortunately, 137 kilometres in, I came down. So. Um, um and a bike that was no longer rideable so that was the end of the day for me um i have some unfinished business there
2: <laughs> <laughs> i think you're not the only one this year yeah there was so, no.
1: <laughs> certainly certainly yeah. a few um and then the last uh, race before i went was um tell your ride in um, colorado and yeah just the scenery there's just stunning mm. um but Uh, Anyone who knows me previously knows that I hate crosswinds, um, that being a light climber, um, I suffer in crosswinds. But I decided after racing in Telluride, which was between 2,600 and 2,900 metres, that... Give me crosswinds any day over <laughs> altitude, and yeah, certainly take my hat off to anyone that can um, race in those conditions. I still um, got a second place, but um, first place was miles in front. <laughs>
2: Mm, yeah, Yeah. no, altitude is a funny thing. It, it really affects people very individually. It's got very little to do with their fitness, or, and it's um, something that science, I don't think, has really quite been able to explain fully why some people flourish in altitude and some others don't. Um, but second place is still nothing to be sneezed out of, And be, I'd be pretty stoked to get second place and something like that. So, yeah, well done. Um, yeah, so obviously back in Australia for the cardigan. Um, get that done and then back to the States for Tasha and the Crusher.
1: Yes. So, yeah, um, I, it's in Beaver, Utah. Um, it's part of the Lifetime Grand Prix series. I'm not um, in the Lifetime Grand Prix series, but doing all the gravel races that are part of that series. Um, and this is the most climbing uh, race on the calendar. Uh, so... Initially, I was really looking forward to that, but it's also at altitude, so we'll just have to see how we go. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah you're right. Like after after the cardigan, it's going to be easy, surely.
1: <laughs> it will be warmer.
0: It will be warmer. Be like, oh, this is not as bad as the cardigan. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> What's to after to touching the crusher?
1: Oh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at um, Big one. So there's um, steamboat um, gravel in there. There's gravel worlds, not to be confi- um, confused with the UCI the gravel. The actual gravel worlds? Yeah, yeah. So it's, I think it's, it's a bit of tongue-in-cheek. Um, yeah. There's Rebecca's private Idaho, which I'm really looking forward to that because that's a stage race. Um, so mm, yeah, a, stage a, race. Know, yeah, that's cool in Idaho. Um, and then the, uh, the Rad dirt and, um, maybe the World Championships in Italy.
0: How does that work? Like, is that an invite only or with UCI points to get over there? Like, are you curing points with what you're doing now or?
1: It's various um, selection criteria. So the UCI Gravel World Series are uh, doing races such as seven um, that are qualifiers. Uh, at this stage, um, none of those are on my calendar, but you have ca- countries have capacity to also um, select athletes.
0: Yep. So was Seven just never on the radar with your commitment to America or?
1: Looking up and viewing the course, I would love to do it. Um But yes, I was in the States at the time.
0: With what you've learned so far with racing in America and how the altitude seems to be affecting you, like if you're looking at this again next year, would, would you spend more time at our two training over there? Would you go over and do a lot more prep? Or...
1: Oh, maybe just choose the next <laughs> altitude um yeah i think it as said the sports science on it is evolving and um it's probably not one size fits all uh yeah i would like to be better prepared to race it altitude um, and there's different ways you can go about that.
0: Or just be very selective with your races yeah. and like yeah, nothing. Uh, nothing yeah, so d- d- it's d- that's
1: devil's been. cardigan, you know? Dance, uh,
2: yeah, uh. yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully we'll be on next year too, so you know. Always come back. <laughs> Look, I actually be curious to So, was it your husband that got you into cycling or was it like did you Start commuting to work and then, like, this is fun, and then just expand it from there. Or, or, how did that all happen?
1: Um, I was studying with my plodding along, running, I was starting to get a bit injured and started to do a bit of cross training with um, cycling. And I, my husband and I got into it together. I don't think one, um, in, uh, was the primary instigator, but we definitely fed off each other in, um, our competitive natures and, um, motivating each other. Uh, but I joined a cycling club to, um, find people to ride with. I actually didn't know that joining a cycling club was about racing. Um, and they, Um, members of the club were trying to encourage me to race and I was saying I'm really not interested and um, my arm was lit. It twisted up my back and i entered my first d grade criterium um and i was the, uh, came the first female in that and i won fifty dollars and i was <laughs> the bolster was born <laughs> i wow. didn't have any idea of how much money i was going to spend on
2: that that's super cool um yeah so that 50 um, 50 bucks from a d-grade criterium and here we are like you know yeah. Looking, uh, staring at the barrel of the uh, Oz Champs um, race on the gravel uh, it's a quite quite the, the journey
1: and yeah it's pretty cool that we're now having national titles in um, gravel racing it's also pretty cool to um, look at the start list of the elite females and see both um, some really talented women uh, in there as well as some names that I'm not familiar with which is yeah. awesome to see people coming up and through the sport
2: yeah no for sure we were quite encouraged with a, a strong female Oh, elite field um coming to the race this year it's um yeah it's lovely for us exciting like as race organizers to look at the list and go like man who do we think is going to win this you know we know the course pretty well and, and we've got a bit of an idea about these riders but um yeah it'll be very interesting for us and exciting for us to see how it plays out on the day mm, and yeah, have got a
1: them. few juniors and um age category uh As well,
2: yeah, yeah, no, it's a good field this year. Um, Pretty exciting for us as organisers to see that, um, and exciting to
0: see so many people jumping on board with it. Is there a particular part in the course now that you've it all that you're really excited to ride in the race?
1: Oh, I get, I get the the second climb is just beautiful. Um, So I like that it's um, the most consistent uh, long climb, and yeah, I think the scenery. is the nicest as well yeah this this is one of the reasons that i love to get to races um a few days early is on race day you don't see anything uh so yeah if you go out and ride the course you can have a nice look around stop for some photos um, and really appreciate um the stunning area that you're in
0: we had the exact same comment this earlier today when we're driving up that little pinch looking out down the valley just thinking how stunning that is and hopefully there's a view on race day but then do you admire the view when you're chewing stem? Like, probably not.
1: Um. Well, uh, right at the moment, it is pouring outside. Um, <laughs> so all I, of it is pouring yeah, down in rain. Um, I. I don't mind a bit of mud, um, but I perhaps have got some PTSD regarding mud um, from Unbound. So mud that's um, up to, <laughs> I don't know, uh, deep mud uh, sections I'm not looking forward to.
2: Yeah, we, we wouldn't anticipate there'd be much, <laughs> if any, of that on course, um, even, even if we do get a lot of rain. So I think you'll be okay, yeah. <laughs>
1: And as I said, it's not the peanut butter mud of um, Unbound oh, no, either. No,
2: it's not. It's uh, Our mud's not sticky mud. <laughs> it's just muddy mud, not sticky mud. <laughs> <laughs> you better not edit that bit out, G-Dog.
0: I won't, but that's what the rain's for, so just to wash the bike nice and clean, keep your uh, your gear set, you know, not too gritty.
1: Yeah, I definitely found that was a strategy, um, again, at Unbound as you were looking for the puddles uh, to give your bike a bit of a wash. Oh,
0: yeah. well, you've can you take us back to mile 11? Are you, are you comfortable to relieve that? Like, Is it, you know, it's to talk uh, about yeah, these things. <laughs> it's healthy to, to have these things out. Don't, don't let them fester inside. No,
1: uh, it was just summary um, into a 330-kilometre race. I think at kilometre 18, um, got to a big mud section that um, a lot of it was unrideable, uh, so you had to you could take your choice of going in and riding on some grassy areas but then they became pretty muddy as well um there was a lot of cx um shouldering and running with bikes um where possible you were riding your bike uh but that's There was so much mud that it was soon locking up uh, wheels. Uh, People's derailers were breaking off and um, there was a lot of mechanical issues and a lot of stopping and cleaning your um, forks um, and and rear stays out so your wheels would turn. Um, I got through it better than others, so it's not – not I. Not too much of a bad memory. It made, it contributed to the war stories of she, the day. She, she said as her eyes are <laughs> twitching
2: uncontrollably. <laughs>
0: wasn't too bad. Because <laughs> you would have been like at the pointy end, I suppose. Like, how many writers had, would you estimate have been in front of you through that? Out of the field of, what, 4,000?
1: Uh, so the elite men and um, women were set off um, prior to the rest of the writers. Um, so it was just the elite men, which I think was about a field of 80 or 90, um, and... <laughs> And as I said, two minutes in front of us, but we um, caught them in the mud and a lot of them. And unfortunately, a few Australians were um, having some issues with the with the mud. Uh, So, yeah, came out of it in sort of the top third of the women, um, which is lower down than I would like to be, but was able over the next hundred kilometres to progressively um, move up to be competing right at that pointy end before crashing out.
0: Through no fault of your own it was just a tragic racing accident wasn't it just someone cut across
1: you and took you out? Yeah look it's um, a racing incident yeah that um, my front wheel was uh, taken out. Did they stop? Uh, yes, the the group that were in um, get did briefly. You know, are you all right? And.
2: Physically yes, but emotionally, definitely not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, where were you in the scheme of things? Like, where where was the nearest help? Like, how-
1: uh, so you are required to be self sufficient um, at, at Unbound, and I've had the great support of um, SRAM <laughs> over there. So, after they just put me through uh, an awesome F one stuff, um, pit stop of getting all the mud out of my bike and pushing and sending me out of um, out back on course in record time. I then had to um, give them a call within the next half hour to ask them to pick me up.
0: Oh, no. That's better than walking out, though.
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, I do think that there was a lot of other, because then, uh, what happened is it turned to torrential rain later in the day, which was impacting on people that had been out on course, eight, nine, ten hours, um. And I think they were waiting, yeah, some of them were waiting a couple of hours to be picked up.
2: Sounds really pleasant. Like, <laughs> I can't imagine why people wouldn't want to do that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> why well, isn't this up your alley?
2: Well, it probably is. Like, who am I kidding? Like, we're holding a, a, a race, like, pretty much in the winter, winter solstice in Tasmania. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, but Justin's going to have it done in, like, what, four hours and
1: 17 minutes? Is that the record, is it?
0: Well, this is a new course this year, so
2: it'll like whoever. <laughs> we'll uh, find it tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. It a very specific time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know we've been taking bets on the on the times, so just just within there's no conflict here, um, but just some some personal guesstimations as mm-hmm. to who, where the times are going to sit for for the elite men and the elite women. Um, so.
1: So what are your gu- guesstimates?
2: I think I think I guessed for the men. Um, I think the first, the male elite will be in at 11.47. And I think the first woman probably, see the women will have 20 minutes head start. Um, but over, I actually hadn't thought about the elite women's time, but I reckon I'm going to go with 12.21. Mm-hmm. I think that, no, I don't know. It might be a bit quicker than that, you know.
1: Every it is just up or down. So yeah, average speeds. I was trying to get my um, this, uh, a bit of a recode done on Tuesday. Um, And I think both underestimated how short the days are. Yeah. (laughs) Perhaps that average speed as well. um.
2: I think in past years, the average speed for the elite men on the old course, which was similar but shorter with less climbing, um, but some rougher areas, the average speed was 27K. Um, So I'd imagine it's going to be similar. (laughs) this time um a bit more climbing bit longer but it's going to be faster some sections are going to be faster so I'm imagining the men's time is going to be similar to about 27k an hour and guessing the women are probably going to be about that 24 maybe 25 ish that's just my guess um we'll see <laughs> I don't know what was your feeling on that
1: yeah I don't it just with um, yeah, how much... Uh- Climbing and not much flat in there. I don't. Yeah. yeah.
2: It, it, honestly, it'll depend a little bit on the on the day. Um, it, like if we do get a significant amount of rain, it won't be muddy, but it does slow the surface. So the surface won't roll as quickly, and that'll that could easily knock you know, one two k an hour average off off those sort of speeds. Um, and also, we do occasionally get a little bit of breeze um, on Mount Albert Road, um, and if the breeze is coming in the wrong direction. Um, then that does slow down um, everyone along that section, uh, which I'm sure you'll be fine with. Um. Don't mention crosswinds. No, 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 no. It, it's not. It won't be a crosswind, which you would be relieved about. Usually, it's just a straight out block headwind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so with the very straight face there for, for for a little bit.
2: Yeah, that's probably a spot where you want to like try to latch onto some big unit and just get a tow.
0: Yeah, but that's great because it doesn't give the chance for the snow to form. Like, you know, it just, yeah, it just dissipates immediately. (laughs) Doesn't hit the ground, doesn't gather and slow you down. (laughs) Are you going to be tempted by a barbecue sausage up at the Mount Victoria aid station?
1: Um, You saw my chocolate um, uh, addiction last night. Uh, Just just chocolate, sweet stuff, hugely tempted. Sausages quite low down on the tempting stakes.
0: My uncle-in-law is going to be so disappointed. <laughs> He's going to be out there waving a cooked sausage at you, <laughs> and all the elites. I've only got fire pits up this, there this year too. Got some fire pits, and yeah, looking to make it comfortable for the anyone that wishes to stop. Um, You're going to be going so fast, you just won't even see it. You just blast right past them. Yeah, yeah. tailwinds, tailwinds all the yeah. way. Apparently that mm-hmm. section. Yeah, lots of tailwinds. Is there anyone when you when you look at the your competition on the day that you feel is like an evenly matched climber Well, you fancy yourself for a bit of a climber, don't you?
1: Yeah. Um
0: probably rightly so. Yeah. (laughs) Very rightly
1: so. Um I always um respect and never underestimate any of my competitors. And yes, there's some certainly some strong climbers on the start list there. And I probably haven't, what are we in June? I probably haven't raced against an Australian field um, in the last four or five months, and again, as I've said, uh, just the Australian women uh, are are always strong, uh, but getting uh, progressively stronger, so, uh, which is awesome to see.
0: Absolutely, oh, I'm I'm so horn like i'm in a position on race day with what my job is going to be on course that i'm going to be able to see some of the action but there's just gonna be so much happening just with all this incredible field it's i just you just just got to stop thinking about it. It just depresses you. Maybe in a few years' time, we'll
2: have the like the unbound
0: style of, um, you know, the, the
2: the buggies with the little gimbal cameras, and we'll be able to follow the course and like what's the action unfold. I, I think we get spoiled um, with with the coverage that we get on a lot of the road races, particularly. But in, and trying to like translate that across to the gravels thing. And when you can actually see, like, you can see the, the the struggle on the on the road, and you can see the attacks and then the, the counterattacks. And I mean, gravel tends to probably unfold slightly differently. At at times um, I think that certainly like on a course like the Cardigan I expect the field to string out pretty quick um, I think it's going to blow apart that mutual road climb up through there is just going to blow things apart pretty quick but I guess what we've seen in the past um, is you still get like um, you know groups smaller groups and the, the these struggles from within these smaller groups you know really interesting to hear, like hear the stories from the races within those groups and like say how did it happen and, and they'll like They'll talk about like, you know, trying to you know, bash each other up on certain climbs and then finally someone get away and then they might get pigged back a bit and like, these small arm wrestles within the race that you don't really get to see. Um, but, it would be fascinating one day to be able to like cover that and, and sort of show people about it. And this, this year would be fantastic for us. Like the, the depth within the women and the men's elite field and the age group categories this year um, is really exciting, really exciting to see and to see how it unfolds and who's going to stand on the podiums at the end of the day. It's going to be very, very interesting. So
1: I think you've set up a course for everyone to have their own story and their own um well, story at the end of the day, and that's what you want, isn't
2: it? Yeah, it is. It is. I guess there's a, a balance between, like, I think the course is is a tough one. And it's challenging, um, but it still needs to be achievable. Um, I think that's the balance, like with the Unbound Mud. Like, you know, it, it, you hear a lot of comments like, ah, it's, it's racing, it's gravel, rah rah, but the, the, there's a fine line that you you need to walk between it being achievable for everybody, but genuinely challenging still, but achievable. And, and hopefully we were able to nail it with this event. Maybe not for everyone, um, but I think that that is part of the appeal of an event like this, that, that you can do it, get to the finish line and go, wow, that was awesome. But I'm Like I'm buggered, like I'm so tired, but I could do it. You know, I could finish that. Um, and hopefully we can get there. We'll see how we go on the day.
0: I think that's one thing I enjoy about the cardigan is from the first finisher whoever wins the male and female category to the person that comes in at the end every single finisher comes across and there's something very special about it there's a big muddy grin on their face and that you just that sense of accomplishment is just oozing out of them like Mm. it's just you just can't you can't ignore it and I think that's what's I really like about this event is, is being there at the finish line, just watching everyone come through, and just knowing that they did it. All the reasons why you shouldn't be out there in June: the distance, the climbing, the variety of um, of conditions. What bike should I ring, How much gear? Or how much? Should I, like, just the journey that people go on to, to when they turn up on race day. Well, the work's already been done because they've already made that commitment to themselves. And yeah, I think having an event like that, I think I'm pretty stoked about. To be honest. Hmm. We don't need to go longer. We don't need a three hundred and thirty kilometer for you oh, man, next year. <laughs> people. That can be our summer one when we've got yeah, fourteen hours of light then. Yeah. Appreciate the chat. Yep.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Thank you, Justine. Good luck on Saturday. Smash it.
2: We'll be um we'll be cheering for you. Um yeah. yeah well, there's no um there's actually a few Tasmanian ladies riding the Elite Field. Um and, and so, we're obviously going for them first. Um, but, you know, if they weren't to be at the pointy end, then we'll go for you if you're at the pointy end. So, yeah, yeah best oh, of luck. What a nut <laughs> up. Basically, what Pete's saying is the Tim Tams have worked, you're in. Yeah. And there's potatoes on offer. Just remember that um, when you're struggling, very- when you're chasing down, you will win potatoes if you get the top step. So, if that doesn't motivate you, I'm not sure what
0: will.
1: Very excited about potatoes. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Justine. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Justine and as you probably know by now, she went on to win the 2023 Oz Cycling Gravel National Champion and is our current female national champ. So congratulations to her. What an awesome race. And if you're paying attention, my estimate for her race time was four hours and 17 minutes. Just seen won the race in four hours and 20 minutes. So I was pretty close. She's already back in America right now uh, racing. So go give her a follow on Instagram and all the socials and give her a lot of support as she has spent the next three to four months over there. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.